Hello and welcome to the Fossil Arcade Podcast. My name's Graham and today I'm here with Ben. Hello. This is another whenever the hell we feel like it instalment of the <laughs> podcast because we just do it whenever. But last time we talked about Game of the Year and Ben wasn't here, but you did tell us that, what was it, um, Hydro Colliders Warriors yeah, Age of... Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So if you want to hear our Game of the Year, that was the previous podcast. But on today's episode, we're talking about the Astro City Mini, which is Sega's newest mini console, but we're also going to be talking about the whole mini console craze in general, because it's been going on for a few years now, and it's just a hotbed of speculation ever since it started when the first like NES Classic Edition came out. People are always saying, like, what's the next one going to be? And it's hard to know sometimes if it's just a fad that's petering out, or is it going to become the new normal? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? Well, I think it's a bit faddy. I think there's a limit isn't it? i mean there's obviously only so many consoles but i think it'll end up petering out i mean it's like amiibo you know they were kind of like the hot thing for a while it's like you know the hot new toy i feel like it's going a bit like that because there's certainly less hype now for these kinds of things than there were initially like with the nes and the snes and stuff like that yeah i mean like for example this astro city it's only been released in japan and that's it so unless you're you know, people like us who are actually interested in this kind of thing. You know, it, I think that's just a, that's kind of a sign that maybe the interest is waning a little bit, at least globally anyway. Yeah, Sega released kind of two this year with Game Gear Micro and then Astro City and both were Japan only. And it's just like, you wonder what's the motivation behind that choice? Yeah. Because um, we'll get into what we think of, of the Astro City especially, but overall what we think of all these mini consoles in terms of quality. And sometimes it's not easy to tell like why certain decisions have been made about library or, you know, what they've included with controllers or accessories mm. it's a very robust topic i think especially when you when you're trying to predict what the future of it is because i think nintendo certainly have moved away from it but then unlike things like amiibo or other fad products other companies have sort of hopped onto it and kept it going mm. and you know maybe there'll be like a mini xbox at some point and that hasn't happened yet but we'll get into all that basically we're going to talk about the astro mini and then we'll move on to um the the library as a whole <laughs> Yeah, the sort of um, the whole sort of mini console situation yeah. as as like a, a an enormous blob of a thing <laughs> that keeps growing. But to give context to our thoughts on the Astro City Mini, which we already have a video review of on the Fossil Arcade YouTube channel, if you want to see that. But to give context to our discussion now, I'm just going to quickly run through all the major mini consoles with you, Ben, and uh, you and I can sort of drop just a, a very quick opinion on each one that should give like an overview of where we sit yep. with with this thing let's see how quickly we can get through them because <laughs> there's so many so the nes famicom classic edition that released with 30 games in november 2016 for 50 pounds or 60 dollars that's the the japanese version you're talking about well it's both oh okay both. yeah i like it it's really good it looks nice but the cables are too short so i think it's more of a hardware problem than anything else that's that's my only big complaint with the NES. Mm, I think it's a good product, but it carries. It, it it's all too obvious that it was, it was made in a in a hurry to cover a Christmas period where Nintendo was infamously struggling at that point. Yeah, because that was just before the release of the Switch. Exactly. So yeah, I think um, it's it's very uh, it's off the moment. Even though it's a quality product, it carries some of the hindrances of them just sort of rushing it to market. I mean, you could you could sort of excuse it and say, well, this is the the first one really the first proper attempt at this kind of thing kind of but they kind have of. i mean plug and play consoles have existed haven't they and they sort of were like it's a premium version yes so it's sort yeah. of like a bit of column a column b sort of thing mm. 
Super NES Classic Edition that came out with 21 games, which uh, obviously the 21st one was Star Fox 2, which released for the first time at home on that console. September 2017 was £70 or $80. Personally, I think that that was a big step up in like hardware quality over the NES one. Easily, yeah. But still suffered from some of the, the same issues like the game library was was made smaller just for superfluous reasons mm. like these games are, are more robust they're 16 bit over 8 bit but i don't know why they decided that it would cost more and have less games really other than they knew that by that point people were going to buy it for sure it, it it came with two controllers didn't it did the first one not no it came with one because i remember buying oh, a okay. yeah, separate box so maybe that's I why it cost more i think then. that's why it bumped up i have the japanese NES Classic, which is the Famicom one, and that one came with two controllers. So I... Oh, yeah, they're connected, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think the the snares, that's probably my favourite. Things like the rewind feature. Mm. You know, it's like loads of little bits like that and just the the aesthetics of the like the user interface and all of that all of that jazz. It's just... And, like, they made the, con- the cables longer as well, so it's like they listened to feedback and actually made it yeah. far better. Uh, they weren't much longer, but they were longer. <laughs> they were longer. Yeah, I could actually sit on my sofa... And play it. (laughs) Neo Geo Mini, which is the first mini arcade cabinet style one from SNK. That was 40 game library released in July 2018 for £100 or $110. I don't remember this one. Which one's this? This is the SNK like mini arcade cabinet with a little stick and little buttons. Oh, but this isn't ringing any bells. We, we must have spoken about this, and I've just completely forgotten. Maybe not, because I know that the SNK library, the, the one that the, the library that SNK want you to care about is not one that you care about, because it's... they always put loads and loads of fighting games on there, and yeah. that's your thing. Yeah. I didn't buy the Neo Geo Mini, because even though I thought the library was good, I heard that the, the built-in screen of the arcade cabinet was not particularly strong, and nor did it look that great when you plugged it into a TV. It had a very soft filter. I wonder what the I wonder what it played like. It's not a micro switch arcade stick, uh... infamously so. So it got a lot of flack for that, and I think that will come back into play when we talk about the Astro City mm. next one. Again, you're going to be like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> the C64 Mini with 64 built-in games released in October 2018. That was like a miniature Commodore 64. Although it's interesting to know it's not an official product, and I think it has a good game library, but it got it was it was people didn't like it because the keyboard didn't actually work. It was just a miniature plastic keyboard with no functionality. And obviously the, the Commodore 64 is known for that keyboard. Yeah, I do remember this actually. It's not really my area of knowledge, so I didn't yeah. get it. But I just remember that was the thing around it. But... Yeah, didn't play it. No idea. So then that probably the most contentious of the most mainstream mini consoles, PlayStation Classic, released for... How much was that uh, at launch? Was it 90 I think. I think it was 90. It came with two controllers, to be fair, but yeah. only 20 games. This was December 2018, and it was almost unanimously panned, I think, yeah. because the emulation was pretty weak and the library wasn't that strong. I mean, the emulation's fine, but it's the choice of games to emulate. I mean, there were PAL versions of, like, Tekken 3, for mm, example. Still things like that, I suppose, yeah. But then also there was that thing where it's like you, you had no way of, of, as a user, modifying the way the emulation worked unless... You plugged in a USB keyboard and people found that just by plugging in a USB keyboard, it would automatically open up this menu system and give you all kinds of features. Mm. And it's like, well, why why weren't they open to the public kind of thing? Because they were good features. Yeah. So it was a strange thing. And that one, I think we'll talk about later, is is evidence of a, com- uh, a company just jumping on the bandwagon a bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, following from that, we went a whole year without 
a, a well almost a whole year without a proper mini console release and then we got the sega mega drive or genesis mini yeah 42 games seemingly deliberately doubling the super nes library <laughs> that was september 2019 uh, i think that was 69.99 in the uk so it would have probably been about 80 dollars i think for me this is my favorite because i grew up on the mega drive and um it was just really good quality like the cables were really long control pads felt exactly like the original control pads and they just put a lot of nice little touches in there for fans like little secret things and you like changing the language gives you like the full japanese versions of the games and yeah i bought i bought two so i really liked it <laughs> uh i mean yeah i would i would agree i mean yeah i also grew up with mega drive i think where the super nintendo beat it a little bit was just Maybe it's just the aesthetics of the user interface, things like that. I don't know. Some things about it just seemed a bit nicer. I'd say that although I prefer the, the Mega Drive Mini, I think it's undeniable that Super Nintendo games as a whole, that library has aged much better. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. But when it comes to the mini consoles, it's just, it, it, they're full nostalgia, aren't they? And then I think if, if for me personally, if you compared them as products of hardware, I think Sega did a better job, especially with the library just being so large. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree actually about the controllers as well, because they are exactly the same as you remember mm. them. And that choice of, you know, adding the six button controller was nice as well. It was a bit more consumer friendly of Sega to just license out those accessories, wasn't it? The six button controllers so that you could expand it that way. Yeah. And that's not something that Nintendo would yeah, you, do. So. Yeah, you got a USB slot, not a, you know, a proprietary exactly, port. Yeah. So. Following that, not really a mini console, but definitely part of the craze, was the Capcom Home Arcade, which obviously had a big impact on Fossil Arcade as a whole. Uh, that was £200, released with 16 Ooh. games, but obviously it the, has the full-size two-player Sanwa arcade inputs, full arcade controls. That came out in October 2019. Obviously, we've got a review of that on Fossil Arcade, so if you want to know my full opinion of it, it's well documented, but I'll just say that. I think despite the price and the library being quite small, if you're a Capcom or arcade fan, like it gives you everything that you would really want. Um, the UI had a lot of issues, but they've since been sort of ironed out to some extent. Even a year after it released, they still did firmware updates for it. So the price, 200 quid was a sticking point, but if you were able to pick it up a little bit cheaper now, I don't think there's much to complain about really. Mm. I When we played it at that event, just before it came out, it was great. I absolutely loved it. I mean, just, just for the hardware alone. Mm. it was fantastic but yeah 200 yeah. pounds for the the capcom home arcade is yes yeah, that's a tough pill to swallow unless you're you know a fanatic so exactly and this is where it starts to get more apparent that the mini consoles are going down a specialist route oh, yeah. entirely they start out as a very sort of broad thing but we'll get into that later so very much copycat but released almost sort of stealthily on the heels of the capcom home arcade neo geo did an arcade stick pro which released with 20 games in November 2019 for £120. So it was cheaper. It had slightly more games. And you could expand the library from 20 to 40 games by connecting it via Wi-Fi, I think. I didn't personally get one. Do you, do you have to buy the games? No, I don't think you did. I think it started with 20, and then over a period of months, they just if you connected it online, it would just update. And yeah. because people found that in the firmware, the full 40-game library was actually already there from launch. They were just sort of... They did it as like a marketing thing. Oh, right. So it's like, oh, you know, plug in your Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro and you'll get a new game today. So they did it like that. I don't own one because I didn't have the money for it at the time. And even though it was cheaper than the Capcom Home Arcade, 120 quid is still quite a lot of money. Mm. Even though it was single player, 
Um, you can plug the control pads from the Neo Geo Mini into it, though, if you want to make it multiplayer similar to what oh, the Astro City good. does. So it's a good product, but I think it was SNK's way of, of righting some of the wrongs from the Neo Geo Mini because, like I mentioned before, it didn't that didn't have a micro switch control stick, and for an arcade unit, it was just like, what are you doing? So then I think when they saw Capcom was doing the home arcade, um, they were like, oh, we're going to do that as well and, and put out a proper arcade stick that can be used with, with console and PC and all that. So that's interesting. That makes mm. that's kind of strange that they would be willing to hedge their bets and do another one, and like, oh yeah, we'll get it right this time because like. You know, they already had their shot, and I can't see many companies, uh, you know, willing to take that that leap again. So it's quite quite weird that they did that. I would agree, but they do a lot of pushing on SNK. Like they released that Neo Geo Mini, didn't do well critically or financially, as far as I'm aware. Mm. But they also released a lot of special editions. They did three color variants of it, themed about around three different samurai showdown characters. They've done a Christmas edition. <laughs> And then for the Arcade Stick Pro, they've done the same thing where they released a Christmas edition the following year where if you bought that version, you got the Arcade Stick with some like accessories chucked in. Does it have like um, Christmas lights on it or something? <laughs> the Christmas Neo Geo Mini is like red and you get some special Christmas stickers with like baubles on it and stuff. <laughs> then the C64 guys had a second crack at it as well because as I said, the Mini C64 was unpopular because it didn't have a usable keyboard. They released a full-size one in December 2019 for £130, 64 pre-installed games, and a fully functioning keyboard so you could then program your own Commodore-style games the way you could on the original Commodore 64. Yeah, I've got nothing to add on that one. <laughs> I think it's a very specialist thing. Like If you're, yeah. if you're into C64 or Commodore 64, then it's like... I mean, it, it probably did find its market, the, the full-size one, I would expect. I mean, for us, it's a little bit before our time. I did a video review of it on, on Fossil Arcade, and it's the only time I've received strongly negative comments about myself. So <laughs> I don't have fond memories of it. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Turbo, Turbo Graphics PC Engine Mini, which we played at a preview event at, at Konami, that released with 57 or 58 games, if you bought the Japanese version, Multiple release dates throughout 2020 because it got delayed. £100 or $110. I think we really enjoyed this. Mm. Um, and it's the most specialist one at, up to that point. Because they did this thing where it had like half Japanese language games and half uh, English language games. Which meant if you don't speak Japanese, some of them are just like completely off limits to you. But they targeted a very specific specialist market. Being that people who don't find that an issue basically you could buy it this is definitely one of the better ones again it's it's kind of um it had the same kind of issue that the capcom home arcade did as in the price because mm. that was just a little bit too much for i know for me to kind of sink my money into for something yeah. that is so uh so niche and specific so and only had one controller with it as well and you, oh did you it need, yeah and you uh. need two really with all of these oh yeah any of them that come because when we played it yeah we had well, there were a load of controllers sitting there, <laughs> what I remember. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that needed two controllers. Yeah, that was it. It's all coming back now. Mm. Yeah, two controllers and then maybe a tenner knocked off to bring it under the £100 bracket. Great console, contentious marketing. Yeah, so, yeah. So we're nearly at the tail end now. We're getting into some which you could argue these are not mini consoles in some respect, but they certainly are part of the, the, the craze. Game Gear Micro which released exclusively in Japan in October of 2020. Um, 
this only had four games on it, but there was four versions of it. And if you bought all four had different games, so you could buy all four and get 16 games if you're a complete nutter. Or you could do what I do and just buy two. <laughs> but they were uh, 4,980 yen, which translates to 35 pounds. And for me, I thought the screen, although absolutely minuscule, was really incredible. Like, it was really, really good, good, good quality if you could stand to, to look at it. Yeah, it would be nice if, to be honest, it would be better if they just had all the games on yeah. one and then had four color variants or something mm. and just up the price a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't played it yet, obviously. Um, it's just like just looking at it, it's absolutely minuscule and i'll be like <laughs> i could play i could play these on a bigger screen on something else that is yeah. you know i i don't know it's like it's fun i know you really enjoy it um but i don't know it's didn't really call to me the way the other things did then november 2020 we just got the game and watch super mario bros edition from nintendo that has three games on it kind of because you get mario bros mario brothers 2 lost levels and then the Ball. Yeah, I'd, I'd count them as three games. Yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. Um, 45 quid for that. Yep. You've bought that. I don't have that one. Yep. So. Uh, I like it. Screen's really nice. Really easy to use. Sounds kind of stupid. But yeah, it's just nice. It looks nice. I've obviously got a few gaming watches myself, so it's nice one to have. One of your things, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So it's nice to have that in the collection as well. The only thing about it I really don't like is that it doesn't have the kickstand. Yes. As far as I'm aware, most gaming watches have, and it's like... The original like, square ones have it, don't they? Yeah, I'm wondering if... I don't know if Ball did or not, actually. Hang on one second. Don't know whether it did or not. Uh, <laughs> never mind, never okay, forget that. Yeah, the, it not having a kickstand was just... I don't know. That kind of irked Small me. Small distraction. Like, it, was, it was the first thing I looked for when I <laughs> opened it. I know, it's stupid, but... Yeah, that would have been nice to just have on there because they if they want you to use it as the watch mode, that I mean that's the whole point of the kickstand. So you could have it, you know, sitting upright on like a desk or something, and you could see the time. But mm. mine's laying on its back. I can see all my little drawers over there, and it's like, well, can't see it. Not a watch. Yeah, it's not a watch. So silly, <laughs> silly. I I would have bought one of these had it been an actual game and watch collection. Mm. Um. I don't personally need another copy of Super Mario Bros. I know you're a Game & Watch collector, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, I play. But, I, yeah. I don't even like Mario Brothers, Super Mario <laughs> Brothers, and I've got it I don't know how many times. At least five, six, seven times. Everybody's got it. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> so we're up to date there, because the last one is the Astro City Mini, released in December 2020, 37 games, and that cost 12,800 yen, or for importers like you and me, £125. So with the Astro City, as it's the kind of the culmination of, of all of this, in my opinion, every mini console that's come along has had an influence on it to some extent. What What are your thoughts on it now that you've actually got it? Overall, I mean, at the risk of cutting this short, yeah, it's good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, and again, for the reasons you said, you know, it's it's kind of coming at the tail end of all of, you know, these minis and it's like they've got a lot to learn from and they mm. and for the most part they've done that and just made a it's a mini arcade machine you know so you can play it on your lap or you know set it up somewhere and use the built-in screen which mm. i didn't do so <laughs> i mean well it kind of feels like they're giving you that option but even it, 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 it's despite the quality of the built-in controls being like full micro switch and the screen is actually really really nice it's i think it's pretty clear that that's there 
as a novelty in the same mindset as the Game Gear Micro is a novelty console. It's like, yeah, you can play it like this, but they know for a fact that you're going to want to play it on a TV, and that's why they've sold these proprietary D-pad controllers, which cost £35 each, or the arcade stick, which costs £125, which is the same mm. price as the, arcade, the Astro City Mini. Um, I don't want to just repeat what I said in the video review, because people can watch that on Fossil Arcade on YouTube, but I think that it would be interesting to see the Astro City Mini in a world where other mini consoles didn't exist, or to be more specific, the Neo Geo Mini didn't exist, because that you know, SNK's attempt at this exact thing, putting a screen and controls into one unit and letting you play it handheld on TV, didn't go well because they kind of did a, did a half measure without putting micro switches in there and the screen wasn't that great. Mm. So I think it's benefited so much and it probably wouldn't even exist if that product hadn't come along and actually not done very well. Mm. So it's really interesting to, to see. But more, if we include it in the overall sort of mini console, like family... I think it really gives the other ones a run for its money and shows that even though this fad, this craze is probably petering out now, it kind of doesn't have to because it's actually hitting its stride now. I think when they started, undoubtedly the NES Classic Edition was released for a quick book. Yeah. You know, whether you think it's great or bad, they knew that they could make money off, you know, cashing in on, on NES nostalgia let, yet again. Yeah. So they yeah. did it. and But over the... the you know, the years, even starting from the, the Super NES Classic, which had Star Fox 2, which had never been released at home before, they're starting to tell you, like, this is for the hardcore specialist fan who's going to drop big bucks just to get games that might not have released at home before yeah. or to replace sort of retro hardware that's, that's wearing out in terms of the controllers. So, like, all the way along, Neo Geo Mini, C64, um, Capcom Home Arcade, they become more and more specialist. Turbo Graphics, we already talked about that. So then the Astro City, where it's like 37 arcade games, you know, a, a decent chunk of them are for the first time at home. Mm. Um, so it feels like as a whole, the game industry has learned like, oh, we can charge quite a bit for this with, for, for fairly minimal effort product. And as long as we hit the big bits, like controllers are good, game libraries strong, you can sell it for... Uh, a lot of money without doing too much and that, the Astro City Mini I think shows that you know that it doesn't take too much work on Sega's part to put out a really good product and why not keep doing that in that case yeah I mean that's true because I mean for me the main reason for getting this was to actually get Golden Axe Revenge of Death Adder like mm. kind of officially because I mean we've played it emulated before because there was no no other way for us to play it so actually being able to have that game, play it properly without any, you know, visual glitches and things like that, without, you know, flickering screen and all of that. To actually own it, it's just something incredible because we both love that game so much. So that's just, I'm not going to say that's the sole reason I bought it, but, you know, that was kind of the deciding factor, really, was to actually own that <laughs> finally. Like you're saying, I'm guessing they're aware the target audience is people like us who are, you know, willing to spend that money to get this, to get this kind of stuff, so... Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard to make this argument in the case of Revenge of Death Adder because that's part of a very popular franchise. But with some of the other games on the Astro City Mini and a lot of these other mini consoles, it feels like their license holder has no real intention of, of releasing it at home at the moment. But knowing that they can bundle it in with a, bit, a piece of hardware that might not be very expensive to make but can have a, a high markup means that they can suddenly be like, oh, you know, the few 
thousand people that will want this makes it worth it. It's odd, actually, yeah. Yeah, when we're the hardcore gaming fans, when we're willing to hand over a sizable chunk of money, even though it includes content we already own many times over, just because there's a few games that we don't have, mm. it means that they've got this. They've opened the door to making quite a lot of of IPs that are some somewhat for some reason they're deemed not as not as viable, not as safe as they perhaps could be. Because there's definitely games on the Astro City that I don't think you'd be getting an arcade port of now if it wasn't for this kind of product. I you're right. But, you know, I admire your optimism with the future of mini consoles. <laughs> I really do. I think this is the end. Mm. Like, I feel like that this is one of the last we're going to see. One of the last decent ones, anyway, that we'll see. I, again, like I was saying at the beginning, you know, the fact it's only available in Japan. I think, yeah. you know, outs, outside of Japan, interest is going to wane and people are going to forget. I mean, they've, you know, what was, what was the last one? The Mega Drive. So that was in terms of the West. Mm. The last one we got was the Turbo Graphics PC Engine Mini. I don't hear anyone talking about that. No, you know, I mean, I, mm. so like if they see another Mini coming out, let's say you know the Astro City in the UK, they'll be like, oh, that's more expensive than that last system that I didn't buy. Yeah, and I think people do cotton on that there's a lot of bandwagoning. Yeah. If they if they bought a PS One Mini, they'd be like, oh no, you know, we already sank my money into that. Yeah, I'm not going to spend more on something that's similar. Yeah, it's it's aimed at hardcore people only now. So like, I don't know if that's enough to sustain that momentum. Even though, like you're saying, it does open up the door to niche games. Yeah, what it could be, I don't feel like that's going to happen. Yeah, I think, and not to like overegg the pudding on this, but <laughs> I think the PlayStation Classic really damaged the sort of cachet of the overall mini console brand because. You yourself bought it oh, at launch for ninety, right? Yeah, and it was like fairly disappointing. Oh. The consoles, like the, the console itself, is good quality, and the, so are the controllers. But there's no there's no analog sticks on the controllers. The game library is like mm, it's okay, it's not great. I mean, it's got it's got like Metal Gear and Final Fantasy VII, but then it's missing a lot of other PS One classics that you'd want, like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro or Tomb Raider, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night. So it didn't have a great library, right? No, the, I mean, the whole thing was just dismal. I mean, I know, mm. my, you know personally for me, I remember I was on holiday in New York and when I came back, it, was, it had been sat outside for like a week <laughs> and it had soaked through completely. So It rained on because yeah. you went to Christmas holiday in New York and then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was like £90 or whatever it was. And then it was only like, I swear, it was only like a couple of weeks later. Maybe I'm exaggerating <laughs> this in my head. But it went yeah. down to like 20 quid. And I, I bought I it had, for 17. Seven, there you go. And yeah. I had barely touched it when you bought it. I think it was, a. It, to be fair, it was about a, about a year. I think it was almost a year. It started to go real, real cheap. Because I, um, I basically turned yeah. mine into just like an emulation station. I put mm. some like s- stuff I already had, like Sonic 2, you know, yeah. and even then... Didn't I, have much value. <laughs> no, it really didn't. But you know what? I think that's because this is actually something that I really like about the minis. And the fact that they're all separate, because you could buy a SNES-looking Raspberry Pi machine. Yeah. Preload it with thousands of games. With those kinds of things, because I know... That's I'm... illegal, but we're just going to... Yeah. Let's not... Don't do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, like, with, um, with those kinds of things, like, with my Steam library, I've got, like, 300 games in there. And when I turn on my PC and scroll through, I never find anything to play, because I'm overwhelmed with choice. I'm like, I, I can't yeah. settle on anything. Yes. So... Because I could start playing something, I'd be like, uh, I'm not 100% feeling this right now. Let me try something else. And then I'll be like dipping in and out of loads of little games and not really actually committing to anything. But with mm-hmm. these minis, 
they're a much more focused effort and i actually find i will play things a lot longer and actually commit time to them um when the library is more limited i know there's kind of, there must be a psychological reason for that and yeah that's that's why that works but that's mm. so when my playstation was just you know it was just a mega drive on a playstation there was almost I don't know, it's kind of pointless. You, you've ruined it for yourself to something oh, yeah, making definitely. it impossible to choose. I will say that when I got the PlayStation Classic, m- me and my fiance discovered Puzzle Fighter Turbo on there, and that was the only game we really played to any great length. I think that the strength of all the minis is that usually you do find that there's some obscure game on there that becomes a new favourite. Each one has something yeah. to be like, oh, wow, didn't have played that before yeah. I made it. Worth it almost on its own. I didn't find that with the playstation sadly <laughs> you know we don't want to go on and on about the playstation class why not let's go for to, it <laughs> to go back to what you said about choice yeah I, I have the same thing whenever i buy one of these mini consoles um i get you know paralysis choice paralysis decision paralysis whatever you want to call it mm. which is like even when it's just 20 games on the super nintendo i can't choose i, I just like it's just overwhelming i have to really motivate myself to commit to a game yeah um and that's you know why i like the astro city mini because even though it's a mini console just like all the rest because they're all arcade games you can have an arcade experience just by putting it on yes exactly if you went into an arcade for real you might spend like an hour or two in there hopping between like different cabinets so Mm. if i go into virtual fighter and play 20 minutes or less and and run out of steam or lose motivation it's like well then just go back to the menu and play a different game and it actually emulates that arcade experience a lot more closely than when you're playing like an nes classic and you're for some reason you're hopping between 30 different games non-stop because i'm sure it's not just you and me that experience that it's this inability to stick with something like oh i played five minutes of Mega Man and i died like eh, it's just so easy to just just jump out of it yeah yeah on the astro then what is your favorite game it's kind of a cop-out because i had this two i had two copies of it before the astro came out but my favorite game on there is wonder boy and monster land Mm. because i just love that game but it's all about the games that have come to me through the astro i've been quite enjoying ninja princess because that's a very it's it's very kind of unforgiving arcade game that i don't think i'd spend a lot of money on in an arcade but giving it that i can just play it indefinitely on the astro city i'm enjoying kind of the brutality of its early level and just sort of trying to to get good at it it's like this top-down ninja game where you throw ninja stars and you know it's very very simple but yeah i like that it comes from a very particular era of arcades where things were not too complicated but graphics were starting to look a lot nicer um so that sort of thing appeals to me yeah i think for me well the thing is yeah there's a whole bunch which i just absolutely love but it's nice to have cotton on there mm. uh, because the only kind of home version of that was i think was on the pc engine and you know what that's actually probably the best version um like it's visually much nicer but to actually have PC engine one yeah uh, but the arcade original is it's nice to have that to actually own that so that that was that was, i didn't know it was on there I, I remember i was supposed to look at the games list before it came i didn't look at the <laughs> full games list. i still want it anyway mainly for gold that just tells you what kind of per, what kind of consumer oh, you are christ terrible isn't it oh. i've got a theory that there's two kind of gamers game players and game buyers and i think that <laughs> i know which category we fall into but definitely but yeah there's other things with the mini consoles i think have, have kind of been ordained which shouldn't have been like the nes decided that we were going to have four slave slots and that just became a thing certainly the cable length thing was something that nintendo started and that gave you know certain manufacturers the option to do the same thing so mm. yeah and that's why the astro 
being the culmination of it, it's like, don't stop now because now the cables are the right length and the controllers <laughs> are the best they've been and the, the game selection is now almost entirely new to home you know, players. Yeah, yeah. But I think if anything's going to stop it, it's not actually the fact that there's been some duds or there's been some region exclusives. The consoles we're looking at coming out next, if they keep doing it, are more complicated consoles. Like the N64. Exactly. Mm. It's like one of the reasons they didn't do the analog controllers for the PlayStation was because that makes it more expensive. And although I feel like they were already charging 90, they could have charged 100 and chucked a couple of analog sticks in there. The N64 controller demands an arcade an analog stick and it's not a particularly good one either hasn't aged well then you've got this thing of like well if you do a dreamcast mini what do you do about the vmu do you have a little sort of lcd screen in there or do you forget about that and that costs money and then there's an analog stick on that as well and yeah so it might not just be that these consoles are less successful overall but that that margin of profit to manufacturing cost is getting smaller and smaller even if people want a Dreamcast Mini, mm. it might just be like, well, for the price they have to sell it for, is it viable for Sega? I don't honestly know. That's that's a good point. Uh, no, I've got. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, really. I mean, you you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, there obviously there is nostalgia for those things as well. And nostalgia is what sells a lot of these. Mm. Maybe we are at a point now, probably now more than ever, actually, uh, where people aren't nostalgic for that early era of 3d games though so, like, i mean i i don't know i can't see n64 ever being one for example no i think nintendo are just out of the game as well yeah they're i mean like, they're no. done they're done uh yeah i just i just can't see it happening um and and then like after that kind of era you know where it does start getting more complicated with you know analog controllers and things like that that's when you can start going to into h you know, hd territory so yes like is it more viable to remake those games for main for, for, for current generation consoles well than it is to do a mini uh, I, I just mean like these things can be hooked up to a modern tv so oh, like yeah. you know uh there'll never be a ps3 mini as far as no. you know because i've still got my ps3 hooked up to my tv it's still easy for me to do so it's the ease of use that i think is one of the it's, it's attractions the big attraction yeah so yeah, I, I've got my GameCube hooked up via HDMI, but as a, as a specialist consumer, I would still buy a mini GameCube, even though I probably own all the games that were on it, just as a thing to have. I just don't see a console like that where you do get into the, the point where it's like, well, why, why charge, let's say, 130 quid for a GameCube mini, which is more than the GameCube cost when it was new? You bundle in 20 games, including like Wind Waker. It's like, well, why not just pour a Wind Waker hd to switch mm. or why not just chuck super mario sunshine vanilla port onto a game onto a switch cartridge and, and charge an asinine amount of money for it because they, they just did that yeah um so they're not going to do a gamecube mini because those games can be sold for a lot more in different ways that's that's more commercially viable it's nothing to do with the mini market at all i don't think it's just like other markets exist mm. and this is before we get into this demand that you and i are certainly of the opinion that n64 games should be on the Switch as part of the online subscription service. Mm. Backwards compatibility in a digital age should just be a non-issue. It should be able to access any piece of media. Mm. But I'm optim- I don't think Astro is the last word. I, I, think- I don't think it'll be the last one, but it's, I mm. think it's the sign of the end. I think we'll we'll either get some well we'll definitely get a couple more crappy ones from from manufacturers that you and I don't personally care about before this is this is said and done. 
I think the only thing holding back a Dreamcast Mini is the controllers, though, with the analog stick, the fact that they they have not become more comfortable to hold over the last 20 years at all. But, you know, if they do any form of Dreamcast Mini, I would be here for it. I'd happily, you know, get one. And I think that's the thing of, like, at the end of the day, if we're sat here with our money, something might come along. And it's not a very um, pro-consumer, you know, thing to say but i think that is kind of the case that like if people keep buying them they probably will keep making them yeah I, yeah i would assume so i mean i don't i can't think of anything else i would want i feel like i feel like i've hit my limit really i mean i've only got so much space on my tv stand as well for these things <laughs> <laughs> but that is one reason why i like them is having them lined up mm-hmm. all my old consoles lined up but i mean now i don't feel like there's anything left for me so if they did an n64 or a Game Boy Mini, or what Mini would you buy or not buy? Say it came out. This is the thing. Like, mm. There aren't any now. So you wouldn't buy an N64? Nope. Or, or a Game Boy, if they did like a little Game Boy? Maybe a Game Boy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But a yeah, an N64, no. I think for home consoles, I'm done. So, uh, unless there's another arcade. An arcade one, maybe, because, you know, like a you know, a childhood dream would you have a load of arcade machines. It's it'd be interesting to think, like, you know, Sega did leave out stuff like Super Hang On and uh, Outrun. Yeah, there could be Afterburner. potential for another one. Could they do another Astro City? And if it worked with the current controllers, if they dug up another 30 or 40 or so games, then... If if they did, that would, that would be the one I'd get then. I'd say, like, that... Now, for me, it's arcade stuff. Is it... Oh, you know what? Is it Rad Mobile? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Rad Mobile or Radmobile. Radmobile. One of the two. But so I mean, I've, I was aware of its existence for years. You know, it's it's known for having the little um, Sonic dangling yeah, off the um, first appearance off of the Sonic mirror. Dangling, so it's, yeah, yeah, his first ever appearance before his first game. So that's kind of like neat, and that that's how I knew of that game was because of that Easter egg. So playing that for the first time, I I was blown away. Nice surprise, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was brilliant. Absolutely loved it played way better than i thought it would especially given that in the arcade it would have had an analog control wheel like a steering wheel yeah you're playing it on a digital d-pad or digital arcade stick actually especially on the d-pad it isn't that bad at all and it makes you think about like considering that's how outrunny that is it made me think oh why isn't outrun on here then then maybe think maybe there'll be another system with a, with a big steering wheel on it <laughs> yeah well maybe who knows <laughs> steering wheel controller which i wouldn't separately. say no to so sega i wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they sold a steering wheel separately for for an outrun one being able to play outrun with a wheel at home i'd yeah i'd I'd sink the money on that i'm pretty sure i would um, i'm a sucker big... for controllers yeah you are so you'd, you'd be getting it regardless but yeah just just for outrun for me that that i'd love that yeah i'd die by that <laughs> This is kind of what bugged me about the Astro was the controllers because like, I've got a, a wall rack full of controllers. And <laughs> only those ones work, even though it's a USB port. Maybe there's a way to mm. mod it, but we're nowhere near at that stage. And whether there'll be a modding scene for this system or not, I have no idea because it was only released in Japan. People might not care enough. So, well, what's happening is that you can use the, the May Flash works with it now. Oh, okay. So if you have a May Flash adapter, any controller up to that can now connect so you can use a, a switch controller on it if you have a may flash adapter oh i do i think i do have one so yeah that my prediction is that we'll get probably one more really really good one but i have no idea what i want it to be but maybe maybe a dreamcast would be nice mm, another arcade please yeah that would also <laughs> be good 
But I think that about covers the climate of it, and I think we'll leave the door open for whether or not we'll come back to discuss it again, if and when any mini consoles arrive. If you want to see any more of the these mini consoles, they often make for good video fodder on Fossil Arcade on YouTube, so you can see the Capcom Home Arcade, the Astro City, Mega Drive Mini, they're all sort of there in various forms. But thank you for discussing this with uh, me, Ben. Actually, before we finish, oh, can I make can I make a, a request? Yes. I want to see you and Alex play Crackdown together and get past... There's a little area where you've got to get past these like electric sparks on the floor. Uh-huh. I want to see you guys playing. There's definitely going to be a Crackdown video cool. for, for certain. Uh, yeah, my partner and I were playing it yesterday and we spent a considerable length of time on that section. It was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, w- I want to see this. <laughs> maybe you should make a game for <laughs> Maybe I should. Um, I'll watch for a <laughs> Yeah, thanks for discussing this with me. If if, no if we have reason to discuss this again, we will. Yeah, if anybody has some um, recommendations or requests of what we could discuss on the Fossil Arcade podcast, please be prepared to get in touch via Twitter or just commenting on the YouTube channel. Um, you can also listen to me and Ben discussing Godzilla movies and other kaiju Ooh. franchise stuff on the Monster Island Radio podcast. Um, so yeah, we've got all kinds of content, hashtag content, <laughs> for you to enjoy. Um, yeah, thanks again, Ben. No problem. We'll see you around. Bye. Bye.